And hi, and welcome to the Ranking of Ranting of a Geeks podcast. My name is Kiko Gomez. Once again, coming to you from the regions unknown. Okay, it's a known reason. Just you know, being silly here. Anywho, um, I'm so glad to welcome you guys back, my co-host and good friend—not good friend, best friend. Got to make that correct. Uh, Nate Jensen. Nate, say hi to everybody. How's it going, guys? Great to be back on the show. All right, yeah, we got a we got a, a, a fantastic podcast episode for you guys. So, uh, Nate and I has been been a while since we last talked. I think like over like a year or so, but we've been in constant talk with each other, trying to get an episode going. Things have happened, so I'm glad we're back together. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, what what is our first main topic of our conversation? So I want to talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music. Now, you know I've been a huge Bill and Ted fan for years. Most Excellent Adventure was pretty good. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, but I really enjoyed Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And with Bill and Ted Face the Music now having been pushed up a week, uh, so now it's coming out on August 28th instead of in September, I'm really looking forward to that because it's not too far away. And I'm really hoping this movie will kind of tie up uh what the last two movies left kind of on uh un, unanswered questions so yeah it, it is definitely a film that i'm also and just a very in high anticipation to as well because for a long time like fans of the uh first two movies been climbing for a third one for years like there was funding problems and there was script problems and there was trying to get both Alex Keaton and then Keanu Reeves together in the same room back together again. So, uh, but I'm really happy and excited they're, they have finally came together back and seeing them uh, in the trailers thus far, uh, they look like their chemistry have not, you know, changed not one bit uh, for over two decades, it seems like. So, I'm super stoked for this film. Yeah, um, I was first shown these films when I was, oof, I don't know, maybe 12-ish, maybe a little bit before. And ever since then, I've really enjoyed the films. Um, ever since then, you know, I've been a huge Keanu Reeves fan through his ups and downs. Like, I know a lot of people don't like the movie Constantine, but I happen to enjoy it. Um, but... Especially with Keanu Reeves getting a real resurgence with the John Wick movies and other uh, movies that he's been in lately, I think that we could this Bill and Ted film uh, should be pretty good because now we're going back to, instead of Mister Serious, we're going back to his more goofy side. So, which, which, which by the way, his goofy side uh, in the movie called "Call Me by My uh, Call, uh, Always Be My Maybe," great romantic comedy. His his. Um, Cameo appearance in that film is hilarious. So I'm not gonna give away what happens in that film. Watch it. Uh, he is hilarious. So yeah, 
uh, I think we're both anticipating Bill and Ted Free. It comes out um, on digital and select theaters on August 28th. I know they and I we're gonna gonna watch it on on the digital platform that we share together, and we'll probably do a joke review of that film uh, in the near future. So, uh, what's the next topic in the conversation, Nate? All right, now I know this is gonna tick a lot of some people off, but I want to talk about Disney's live action remakes, and not just the ones that are coming out here soon, but the ones that have come out already. Um, to kind of start this off, we should talk about, I think, Mulan. The new Mulan movie's coming out here in just a couple, just a few weeks, uh, September 4th, on Disney+. And unfortunately, Disney Plus members, you're going to still have to pay some money for this one. It's going to be $29.99. And that, on top of on our streaming service, you're already paying, you know, a good chunk of change for... I know at least I'm not thrilled. I'll probably end up waiting for it to go free. But then again, I've done a lot of that with the Disney remakes now. Of late, so. Yeah. Um, so the price tag for it is, is, is a little bit steep in terms of the digital thing uh, for Milan. But given the fact the, the, uh, the situation going on with the pandemic and all the theater movie theaters being closed, the, a lot of the major movie studios have moved towards doing a lot of the movies towards the digital platforms, uh, especially in Disney Plus, where August Foul was supposed to be scheduled in August, but now it got moved back and moved forward in like I think in June, I think, and that was uh, Disney Plus exclusive, but didn't ask anyone to make uh, pay anything from that because the member uh, the the membership for it was like what like under 10 bucks just for each month. But, uh, but now since you're trying to like make up like a potential lost revenue, uh, their biggest new hitter that's supposed to come out, that's been delayed for the longest time, which is Milan. Uh, they're like, we, we need to make some money on this because we can't have it. We can't have it for free per se, but we want members to actually like, pay the same kind of normal price they would to go into the movie theaters, which I can understand in a sense. Uh, but are people ready to like pay 30 bucks versus like, I don't know, the regular standard, like if you go to a movie theater, you pay like 60 to like probably 70 bucks on tickets or movie, movie uh, concession stuff. So it's really up to the consumer if they're going to buy Milan. I've been asked by my brother to see if I'm buying it. I'm still on the fence, though, only because it doesn't have Eddie Murphy in it, the the uh, wonderful character Mushu. So, uh, what what's your thoughts on Mulan before we head on the next thing? I mean, um, with Mulan, and it's not just you know I can understand. I've paid you know twenty thirty bucks on like the Microsoft Store to watch a new movie, um, and so that part I get. Like I get they want to make their money. But at the same time, and this goes with Disney remakes and Disney live action remakes in general, I haven't been a fan. And you know this. You know that with like Aladdin, The Lion King, uh, Beauty and the Beast, that I, while yes, they are good in their own right, you know, to a point, it it's just a rehash of the main story. And I feel like it's doing a disservice to the movies that they were based on. Like, um, let's see. 
like with uh, the latest one I just watched, Lion King. When I watched the animated Lion King, even now, you know, and yes, part of this is still doing nostalgia. I understand that. But I feel something, you know. It's bright. It's colorful. They're expressive. I can tell when, you know, someone's sad, when someone's happy, you know, when I need to – and it makes me feel things, you know, and that's fine. But I watched this new one and I was bored. And I get they were going for that more realistic look and, you know, more realistic. But at the same time, you can't have realism and expect the same quality that you're going to get out of animation. And they tried to do – to have their cake and eat it too and they tried to do both and it just didn't do well. Everybody in the movie, to me anyway, sounded bored. Right, and and it feels like the live action uh, remakes thus far are are, are a mixed bag because I've I've watched Aladdin and it's 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 all right. It's not perfect, but it's all right. Um, they've added a few new songs here and there, but other than that, it, it feels kind of flat in some instances. The the, the, the jokes and some of the one liners is not as memorable as they were in, like, in the original, like, cartoon movie. And I feel like the Aladdin, Aladdin's, uh, Aladdin, the cartoon movie, was a far of a superior film than, say, the live-action remake. Uh, because in, uh, in Aladdin, the cartoon, uh, you had Robin Williams as Genie, and he was really funny. Uh, you have, didn't, well, you have like, the live-action version, you have Will Smith, and he, he did fine. He, he played the role... But wasn't memorable. It wasn't like, like substantially, like people were like clowning for more genie or wanted like you know, uh, to be like, no, that was the greatest genie ever. Uh, but he he did he did the role serviceable. Um, I then, liked uh, Will Smith as the genie. I just wished that they had let him be himself more than trying to replicate what Robin Williams did. Because I feel if we had gotten, you know, a, a Will Smith genie, you know, just let him do his thing, that we would have had a Will, a genie who acted more, not really spontaneous, but more like he did in like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air or, you know, the Men in Black movies. Just kind of let him do his thing and it goes from there. And I, and I really do feel like, that that was kind of missing uh, from Will Smith in Aladdin. He didn't have that great comedic timing that we loved from him, especially in his uh, earlier films. So, uh, but the jury's still out on Will Smith, though, in terms of his uh, box office success. I mean, Aladdin made, what, a billion dollars worldwide? So, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see if uh, Will Smith is back as a key maker for the box office, but... As in terms of what we're going on with the pandemic and whatnot, we're gonna have to wait and wait for another year or two to see if the box office is gonna come back and be in resurgence, and if, and if if Will Smith can actually be the same keymaker of like the summer blockbuster like he was mm-hmm. years ago. Um, the last that I want to talk about with the live action stuff is that I've not seen Cinderella, but I've heard good things about it only because it changes up the formula of the original film and is essentially different. Uh, but I have seen the live-action Jungle Book, and that film amazed me. Only because they, they've 
I know that some people some some people love the original songs from the, the cartoon, but I like the the just the fresh take on the adaptation of the story overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like you you put the, you're in this kid's point of view, and he's really trying to survive out in this world. And, yeah, and I gotta agree with you. Um, there I haven't seen Cinderella, so I can't make any comments on that one. And did out of the live action movies that I have seen, I did enjoy probably Jungle Book the most. But that might have also been because Christopher Walken played a big monkey, so you know. Right. <laughs> so before we move on, I did want to mention this just came out yesterday that Tom Hanks is in talks with Disney to play Geppetto in an upcoming live act live uh, action adaptation of Pinocchio. Right. And that that's also in like an in a competition of another like Pinocchio live action film which uh, stars Robert Downey Jr. and so we got two like competing Pinocchio versions coming soon and I'm like this is this is really interesting because you have uh Tom Hanks who has also been a few Disney films before and he's knocked it out of the park every time he's gotten in, into that uh into those films and then you got Robert Downey Jr., who lately has not been so well in the, the family section. Because, like, I think Dulu didn't do so well uh, worldwide. So Yes and no, but you have to realize that a whole entire generation of people grew up seeing him as Iron Man. Right. So it's kind of a tough one to break out of. But I, So I think he might struggle here for a little bit, but I think he's going to definitely come back strong. I feel so too. I, I'm hoping when the next the, the when the next family film hits with, with uh, I think I, I think remember the title is called Geppetto, but I'm not sure. I'll look it up later. Uh, if Robin John Jr. has a different take on uh, Geppetto himself and and the uh, and that whole storyline, then great because then we're we're looking at as a very successful film. But if it's just a lame team version of what this is going to do with uh, Tom Hanks, then it's like, uh, I feel like, I think Bob Dunn Jr. needs to think about his post-Avengers films that he's trying to do. Because I know he's trying to break away from all the and Marvel MCU stuff, the ones, the films that made him very popular and made a lot of bank for him. But now he's trying, I know he's trying to break away from that and do something different. I could have. I really do wish um, Robert Downey Jr. would have actually did like a period drama and done something like miraculous, like try to win an Oscar because he's a great actor. He's a fantastic person. Because um, if you've not seen uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, watch it. He, he's a phenomenal actor in that film, um, and his dry wit and sarcasm just rolls off really well. I feel like that was the film that got him the Iron Man gig in the first place. So, I, I don't know. We'll find out and see what happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Kiko. Now, you know I've wanted to ask this for a while. Yeah. During the quarantine, what have you been watching? Oh, man. It's tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. <laughs> but, um... I bought a lot of films. I've been catching up with some of them. Some films I haven't seen in a long time. Some films I bought recently, and then some stuff I won't recommend. Um, so the films I've watched 
uh, obviously is like Deadpool, Deadpool 2, some of the MCU films, uh, especially Endgame a lot more often, I guess, only because that last hour is still solid for me. It's like it's the whole uh, the, the, the whole big battle of all the big moments in that still make me cry. It's like I fucking love it. Uh, I think out of the stuff I've watched recently, I, like last week I just watched Blockers. Really good comedy with John Cena in it. And the guy, if you, if you direct him really well and knows how to do comedic timing, you'll get a good performance out of John Cena. And John Cena is really the shining star of out of Blockers because he's hilarious in that film. Um, so what, what what's the stuff you've watched as well? So, as you know, I've been working a lot, and a big shout-out to all the essential workers out there that worked during the whole quarantine or still continuing to work during the quarantine. I love you, and I respect you, um, especially, you know, like, those in the hospitals and those who are on the front lines of this whole thing, you know. That's a really big uh, – I mean, obviously, you know, that hits pretty close to home. My mom's a pharmacist, so she has to deal with a lot of that stuff too. But, I mean, during the quarantine, when I've had time anyway – I've been catching up on some movies on my list and rediscovering uh, an old uh, an old flame of mine, let's say. Uh, the old flame was Demolition Man. Now, I love this movie. haven't seen it in a while, so I'd kind of forgotten some. But I watched it recently, and it is just as good as I remember it. I love this movie. It is cheesy. It's stupid. But I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I actually I've owned that I bought that film and I uh, watched it about a few weeks ago uh, in, in uh, after like I think a weekend of people like making rips off the whole like just uh, people like social distancing in a sense and not touching too much of each other. So I think the Demolition Man was a perfect film to go back and rewatch because people are still wondering what the hell is a three seashell, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but no, it's a it's a one of those like disposable action films, and very comedic in some in some instances. Um, uh, was it uh, Rest of Snipes is Simon West, man? Woo! No, not not Simon villain. Phoenix, my guy. No, Simon Come Phoenix, on. Simon Phoenix. Sorry, Simon Phoenix. Uh, what a, an electric villain, man! I mean, I wish I had more of those kind of like just just villains that have no purpose in a sense though and create chaos and just still like you you root for the villain to destroy things basically and that and that film Delnish Man it just makes perfect sense for both characters to go out and destroy things so yeah I, I like the film mm-hmm. really yeah so there's been a couple others um I watched that Vin Diesel movie Bloodshot um actually for those who don't know it's an action movie based off a comic book didn't get really well reviewed. It was just kind of a, one of those middle of the road. Oh, another generic action movie, and yeah, it was. But it's a fun film to just turn your brain off for a while and enjoy. I actually, I rent, I bought it one night on a whim, uh, probably about one o'clock in the morning. I was bored, didn't work the next day, and I couldn't sleep, so I decided to get it, and I really enjoyed it. I actually. Uh, watched it again not too long ago, and I still enjoy it. It's just one of those movies that, you know, yeah, is it a generic action movie? Yeah, probably. But it's something that I can just turn my mind off and enjoy. Well, I've not seen it yet, so I'll get it when I get a chance to. Um, 
And I know that uh, there was a lot of films that came out uh, during uh, the shutdown. And one of the really good films I even think I've, that I've watched was uh, Scoob uh, that uh, released on On Demand. And I really, I really do like the character work in that film, though. I mean, it doesn't have really good reviews as well. But I feel like it did a solid job of, of being nostalgic for me for the characters, both Scooby and Shabby uh, and Velma and whatnot. And it just, it reminds me of all the old cartoons back in the day. Uh, and, and they modernize it in a sense because you're, you're bringing in a new audience that's never been introduced to Scooby-Doo before. So I liked how they took a fresh spin to it in that film. The only thing I don't like is having Simon Cowell in there, and that's it. Because that was a weird, out of like, just thing. So, yeah, yeah, that having Simon in there was a little strange. I will agree. I did really enjoy the movie. Um, I mean, yeah, there's been you know Scooby Doo movies and not movies shows on Cartoon Network and stuff, but they didn't really do it justice to the old ones. Just and I felt like this did at least the old '90s Scooby Doo justice. Um, Another movie that I've watched in during the shutdown was Onward. Um, it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it, or you can you know rent it using your streaming service. But Onward was something that I didn't think I would like so much, and it's I did I did like it. You know, there were some times where I was like, okay, you know, it's just you know. But as an avid D and D player, um, I actually really enjoyed it, and I will very much admit, the ending made me cry right. hard. Yeah, well, no, I want to see Onward as well, but I've been catching up on a lot of other movies that I've that, that I have on deck that I've been trying to want to watch for the longest time. Uh, but I have rewatched like the movie The Rock, I think, just the other day with a couple of friends, and that film is like bonkers. Like Nicolas Cage is pure Nicolas Cage in that film. Like if you know, if you've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage films, his mannerisms and his delivery is either going to be off-putting to you, or it's like pure genius. And The Rock is that, like, example of a film where his his mannerisms and his acting it's just, like, coincides all together in one film, and you got Sean Connery just being a deadpan kind of, like, just, you know, straight, straight arrow kind of person, but he says these ridiculous, ridiculous lines in this film, and I just, I just I love it. The Rock is, like, a pure Michael Bay film that I wish Michael Bay could replicate one more time because I miss that Michael Bay. I miss the absurdity of uh, the the action. And I do miss the absurdity of the lines being said, though, by, like, famous vespians, man, because I need more of that, especially in the year 2020. Mm -hmm. So, uh, moving on, I think, anyway. So, I've been watching some... Uh, more TV shows lately now that I have a little bit more time to myself. And I just wanted to recommend to some to the folks out there three TV shows that I think, you know, you should at least give a shot during this quarantine. Um, two of them are on Netflix and one of them is on Hulu. Uh, the first one I wanted to recommend is a show called Happy. Now, Happy is a sci-fi show that stars Patton Oswalt as a imaginary friend who, and this is the first season without spoiling anything, uh, he goes in search of a former cop um, who is now a pretty much a, 
a killer for hire. And he is played by the... <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. He is played by Christopher Maloney, who was in Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Um, and this show is just crazy. Like, like this show is just kind of off-the-wall bonkers, and I love it. It's violent. It's gory. So the kids shouldn't really watch it, but at the same time, it's got stupid fart jokes in it. And it's like I said, this is just all over the place. So if you like, if you're looking for you know a, a show to watch, you know maybe give it a shot. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So the the show that I just finished like a couple of days ago, I love it to death. I feel like it's an improvement on the first season. Is the Umbrella Academy season two. I've not I've not seen Umbrella Academy. Let me tell you just a, a, this uh, just a brief synopsis of it. Basically, a bunch of like super powered individuals have been uh, recruited by a, a a very wealthy person uh, on on a, on a singular day as babies, uh, and all of them got born on the same day. And so he he recruits and gets all these children together. To form the Umbrella Academy, and he trains them to be the next like big superhero group in a sense. But when things go awry, I won't spoil it for you. Um, it splits the group uh, all together, uh, and the first season is all about trying to stop a and a coming apocalypse while trying to reconcile family differences. Basically, uh, Umbrella Academy season two does the same formula but much better and I feel like they've achieved a lot of new dynamics in the second season including a lot of relationships new relationship dynamics in season two and the add a, add a plus to it is the time period was the 1960s and during the time of the uh, uh, during the time of the GFK assassination so it it is a wonderful uh 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 like entertainment ride from beginning to end of seeing these oddball characters who are have various of like superhuman like abilities and it just it it plays all your emotions but also it it just entertains you which I really enjoy the most. So I'm definitely recommending the watch Umbrella Umbrella Academy season two. All right. That's I still haven't seen the first one, so hopefully, you know, it'll be pretty good. Um another one I wanted to recommend is the show Lucifer. Now, this was originally a Fox show that Netflix picked up after a bunch of demand from fans, myself included. Um I've been watching it since pretty much day 1 and it stars uh Tom Ellis as Lucifer Morningstar and Lauren German as Chloe Decker, who is a policeman. Now, she, you may know her from, I mean, she was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot in 2003. Uh, she was also in um, A Walk to Remember as well. Now, Tom Ellis, you may know from uh, Isn't It Romantic? He is the hot doctor in that movie. So I don't know if you've seen... If you've seen that, Kiko, but he's the hot doctor, quote-unquote. Oh, my God, a hot doctor? What? I know. But this movie, this not this movie, this show is, again, I believe it's based off another comic book. 
But pretty much, if you like cop shows, I think you'll like Lucifer. Because there is a lot, quite a lot of cop drama, cop action, cop drama in action in there. Um, mixed with some other stuff that he goes through later. Um, I've been, I'm about, I've been watching it lately. I watched it from season one. And I think I'm halfway through season three. So it's really good. I really enjoy it. Good, good, good. I will definitely check it out sometime soon as well. Because I know you've been pesting me about watching Lucifer. And I'm just like, I have, I have other like shows to watch. Like the Arrowverse, Arrowverse shows like Arrow and finish that. And then Le- uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I need to finish off their latest season. Because uh, it got cut short during the pandemic, so I want to finish watching that. Uh, but the show I do want to talk about uh, is something that's a throwback to uh, like a decade ago, and which is Community. And like I love this show to death, only because it's it has a quirky sensibility to it, and it has like hijinks, which I really love the most. And it has like episodes that feel like they're you know they don't test you, but they make you think about, you know, certain things. Uh, community is about a group of misfits that get together uh, for, a, for a study group for a class led by the impressible Jeff Winger, uh, played by Joe McHale. And the for the first season, it, it's basically a mixed bag. Some it's good, some it's kind of a little stale. But the last like four to five episodes, they finally found themselves their, their footing, especially the 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 episode that everybody still loves still to this day, which is Modern Warfare, or the PayPal episode, and it's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's silly. At homages to like Die Hard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This this it feels like you're watching a twenty eight minute. To twenty-five minute episode of just pure, just insanity, comedy, and action all at once. And I, I just love that I fell in love with community since then. Uh, the when it got canceled uh, uh, after its third season, and it got revived again for a fourth season, they switched hands. The creator on uh, uh, switched hands. The creator of uh, Norm Harmon getting kicked out and being replaced by two different new people who have been kind of like writers on the show, but now have been placed as showrunners. I feel like the fourth season one is, wasn't its best in terms of like quality. And so then when they got renewed again for a fifth season, they brought Dan Harmon back again for the fifth season. I felt like the fifth season was the strongest season besides seasons three and two, um, because I felt like it was a torn return to formula, but also kind of like changing up the dynamics in terms of like one character leaving and another coming in. And I felt like they handled that very successfully. Uh, season six for me personally, has been the weakest season for uh, all of the show community only because they got canceled again, but they got moved to Yahoo screen for about a year before Yahoo screen got canned like indefinitely. But in that whole season, I felt like they were, trying to like do something different in terms of like they have more creative freedom but they they lost the kind of like 
just a little bit of the momentum they had in season five, which is kind of like pushing a new dynamic with the, the with the, the group of characters that are still left in the show. And so now the bigger question is, are we going to see a TV movie sometime in the future? Because there's this infamous hashtag, six seasons of the movie, and I'm hoping we'll get a movie sometime in the future. And because I love to see everybody come back, minus Chevy Chase. So, but I'm recommending Community. Definitely stay for the first three seasons. Check it out. Fourth season, you can pass if you want to. Uh, then come back for seasons five and six. Season six is not as great, but it still completes the whole like just vision of the show community. Okay, so there's one last one I wanted to talk about real quick. Kiko, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's the Hulu exclusive series Crossing Swords. Now, no, I've not seen it, but go ahead. This TV show is made by the same – it's kind of the long same idea as Robot Chicken. But instead of like action figures and dolls, they use uh, little wooden uh, like little wooden figures. Um, and this stars Nicholas Holt as Patrick, who is the main character. And you might know him from Mad Max Fury Road. He was Nux. He was also in X Men um, as Hank or Beast. And also surprisingly stars Luke Evans as King Merman. Really? Now, you may know wow. him from. He was Dra- he was Vlad Dracula and Dracula Untold. He was Gaston in the New Beauty and the Beast, and he was also in the Fast and Furious movies. Yes, yes. Uh, what's it like, uh, Luke Shaw? Luke Shaw, yeah, yeah. One of the Shaw brothers. <laughs> One of the so, Shaw brothers. Yeah. And I'm only you know about four or five episodes in, but I'm actually really enjoying it. The, the humor's dumb. I'm I'm gonna get that off right now. The humor's dumb. It's robot chicken humor, but at the same time, I feel it's better than robot chicken because it has a story. So, yeah, I'd recommend watching that. Cool, cool. And I, I kinda, I'll do a brief form of recommendation. I just started watching Watchmen. Uh, the, I don't know if they're going to call it a miniseries, but it got multiple nominations for the Emmys. And so um, I've been, I'm at episode four, I believe, right now. But thus far, the this, this series is really good in terms of the story writing, the production, the acting, and just... Um, uh, the main the main protagonist in the in the series is a black woman trying to navigate the the the, the heighten of the of an incident that happened to one of her own people who is a police officer, but they don't really call him police. Uh, it's really weird. You got to check this this uh, this show out because it's a it's a it's tightly it's tied into a lot of different traumatic themes that are relevant today, which is really strange, uh, in terms of, like, police brutality um, and other stuff. But I will touch on the superhero aspect of it. It, 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 it subverts the genre of superhero on TV because it's more mature than, the, uh, than a lot of other stuff, but from the Arrowverse. Um, thus far, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, storytelling perspective of having someone who has no no superpowers, kind of like Arrow, but as a black person trying to f- navigate this whole new uh, new era of like post like Watchmen, so definitely check it out. It's it's been it's a good series so far. 
And I'm, I want to know what happened to the other Watchmen characters too as well, because I feel like it's a successor, not to the film, but to the book. Uh, and to try, I feel like they're addressing a lot of the questions that's happened after the events of Watchmen. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. All right. And now I do want to wrap this up here soon, but you've been pestering me and pestering me and pestering me and pestering me and pestering me, and pestering me to watch rewatch i should say the 2016 comedy keanu yes <laughs> and i finally did and i will tell you now what i told you then it is a dumb movie and i do not like it okay now i got see this is this is where nate and i actually do disagree hugely because so we so back in 2016 uh the last uh, last time we fully fooled out we hang up with each other for a while um Nate and I went off to go see a comedy because we were both bored out of our minds. We went off to go see this movie, Keanu. And it was, we, were, we were in... Because we, uh, Jordan Peele and then it was uh, Michael Keegan Key were uh, from Keel and P, the comedy sketch show. And we were both, we were both really liked these people, right? Especially, especially, especially Jordan Peele who went off to do Get Out and Us. Uh, when we saw... Uh, Keanu, it was a very split decision between the both of us, only because the that for the humor part of it, Nate didn't like it whatsoever. Um, especially the the um, I'm gonna spoil this for you guys, anyways, because I, I feel like people have seen this film already. Where like Michael Keegan Key's character, like Keegan Michael Key, my guy. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I'm gonna just go with Keegan then. Um, okay. So he goes off on a, on a like weird acid trip, right? And he envisions like George Michael, uh, in this his his little vision thing, and like holy fuck, it was hilarious for me because they they played the song uh, Faith and it did kind of like the remake, not we we got a reenactment of that video, and I'm and his uh, uh, reactions to uh, uh, seeing my, uh, George Michael, but just it, it made me super laugh. But I think I remember correctly. You didn't like that scene, did you? I didn't like most of the movie. Now, don't get me wrong. I like George Michael. Right. But for me, the movie was something. Now, I like dumb movies. You know that. You know right. I like dumb movies. Right. The, the, this the movie, Super Troopers is an example, right? Yes. You shush. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this movie, to me, from start to finish, and after, this is after rewatching it again uh, four years later, was just a boring it's like they tried to make their sketch show an idea for their sketch show because if this was a sketch on their show i would have loved it right because you know little quick little oh my gosh and this is all we had to go through and boom done little half hour thing call it good but they tried to drag this into an hour and 40 minutes and it got to the point where they i felt they ran out of ideas now i could be wrong maybe they didn't but i felt they ran out of ideas from what to do and it just didn't grab me, you know, like, cause a lot of comedies that I like, you know, dumb ones, you know, they'll grab me because I'll be like, Oh man, this is hilarious. But I try and I try and I, I just can't seem to like this movie as, especially not as much as you do. You love this yeah, movie. No, I really, I really, I really like it though. Cause like, there's a scene where like, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, they're both, uh, Jordan Peele and Geegan, they're both in the bar and they're trying to like they're freaking out 
you know, because they're they're walking in trying to get the cat, and uh, he he goes off and like they they, they debate about the voices. I'm like, why are you doing that? Wait, no, this is always my voice. What are you talking about? And I feel like that was hilarious. And then a little later on, uh, when they're back at the bar after they did the whole like scene of Anna Ferris, um, he's like, I am tectonic, and like, I don't know is that. I don't that 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 delivery got me, and I think there was another line I can't remember out of the film. We're gonna have to look it up later, but I felt like there was some memorable quotes in that film. Yes, there is some kind of lag to it in a sense of the story, uh, but overall, I did like the film only because the relationship between uh, Keegan and Jordan Peele in that film was enough for me to watch rewatch it again and enjoy it all over again. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys are a fan of, of Ken Peel and you want a quote-unquote good comedy, then give Keanu a watch. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, try to bash down, you know, your opinion or whatever, but right. <laughs> it's just me. I'm not a fan. I'm probably not going to watch it again, but I mean, if right. you guys like it out there, if you guys want to see it, go for it. Right. More power yeah, to and- you. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, not like hyping this film too much though, because there is glaring flaws in it as well, especially the whole like middle act where they're trying to like get uh, some money from Eric and a Ferris character, um, and it just, it's a really weird scene. It's feels like it's out of place out of the whole film, because a lot of stuff building before that was really funny to me because they're doing the team building exercise uh, scene was hilarious to me. Um, and I'll talk, talk about their past histories. And then before they get in and the cut and the, and the scene cuts to the van, the, uh, uh, Keegan's talking about how he got his, uh, how he, how he got his, uh, his scars. Right. And it was, that to me, it was hilarious, but everything else around that whole, like, Incident with the and 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 the Ferris in that scene, it felt like out of place. But it, everything else was like it clicked for some parts, and other parts were like, okay, it's a little dry. Which it could have been delivered better. So I'm giving Keanu basically like a three out of five for me personally. So that's my review. I'm probably going to give it a maybe a two or a one and a half because, like I said, I just didn't like it. Right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's one and a half for you because it just it didn't hit you pretty well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to have you back, and we're, we're finally like having some time to actually do this again, which is like, uh, it's great because we can actually like talk to each other more and uh, and talk about all the stuff we missed too as well. I mean, my God, there's so much that we need to do, and so mm-hmm. little time. So. Um. Yeah. Well, I'll today. definitely try to come back on the show again. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. We, we, I, I know I miss you tons, and I know the audience miss you as well. So, um, so Nate, where can people find you on your social medias? So, um, my social media presence isn't as big as it used to be. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Nate KWZ four hundred. Um, I don't accept too many people anymore just because i'm not on instagram a whole lot anymore right but um you can still find me on twitter same handle i'm not on my twitter hardly at all anymore i'm mostly just on there every once in a while to like stuff and check up on some things but 
I know you have a bigger social media presence than I do. I do kind of in the sense I just I just made uh over a thousand followers uh just yesterday, I think. Yeah. So yeah, uh so my Twitter handle is uh, at the dawn of Wairika. Definitely send me a follow or hit me up and ask about what kind of stuff we're doing for the podcast and for Vanity and Geek, our writing website on on WordPress. Uh, we, we're fairly behind a lot of movie reviews are trying to write to as well. So we have we have uh, stuff on deck. It's just we've been busy on top of the whole pandemic stuff too as well. We've been, uh, Nate and I are both essential workers uh, for our, our respective companies we work for because I work at a casino and Nate works over at like, what, Best Buy? I work at a Cabela's and Cabela's, yeah. Uh, firearms are considered essential in this state, so. Yeah, apparently so. People want to buy their guns. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we we're, we are we're massive behind a lot of stuff. We, we, we promise you guys that we will definitely give you guys some movie reviews uh, sometime in the near future. Probably in a couple of days, probably next week. We're not sure. But do look out for them. It's coming um, do like and subscribe the uh, Facebook page too as well. Okay, we'll get you a notification that we're, we're uh, going to either pop up a new podcast or a new movie review. Or it's basically uh, a movie information that we feel like is relevant to, to the discussion. Like say today, um, we're, that we're going to probably talk about in the near future. Uh, the, another uh, John Wick movie is coming out and it's going to go back to back. So we're going to talk more about that in another podcast episode. That's a little teaser for you guys because um, we're waiting out for more information. Uh, but other than that, yeah. So uh, I got to say this is a great episode. Uh, it's great talking to you, Nate. Nate, uh, uh, let's say goodbye to our, our listeners. All right, folks. Well, it's been fun being on the show. Um, definitely, you know, comment and you know give us your favorite you know quarantine watches or something we should look out for so right, yeah, yeah it was fun yeah definitely for sure just give us a give us a holler and, and let us know what what favorite quarantine movie you've watched and which quarantine movie hated the most because we got tons of opinions too on those as well so uh thank you guys for listening to the uh the podcast my name is keith gomez uh my that's my co-host uh named jensen uh until next time uh, may the geek be with you.